Hey, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about what researchers learned when they tried to build the perfect profanity and an online game you can play to help speed up Alzheimer's research. Speaking of games, we'll wrap up by testing what you've learned recently with trivia during this month's Curiosity Challenge. Stick around and play along. Let's satisfy and challenge some curiosity. A new study tried to build the perfect swear word. Seriously. A new paper from researchers at Temple University was designed to help us invent the most profane word combinations possible. And it's titled, Building the Perfect Curse Word, a Psycholinguistic Investigation of the Form and Meaning of Taboo Words. Don't worry, though, parents. I'm here to help you understand the finer points of what these scientists have learned about cursing without actually cursing. It's a cursing-free podcast. First of all, what makes one word more profane than another? I mean, there are lots of words you might not say in church or at a job interview that don't actually count as curse words. To find out the difference, the researchers asked people to rate a thousand English words on a scale from least to most taboo. They found that the most obscene sounding words were more abstract and had to do with body parts, bodily acts, gender or disease. But to truly understand what made a curse word a curse word, the researchers needed to figure out how to invent one that didn't already exist. So they took 487 common nouns like door and gibbon and asked participants to imagine combining those words with profanities. The goal was to decide which normal words sounded the most profane when combined with actual curse words. The volunteers rated each word for how easy it was to combine with profanities, then combined them with whichever taboo word they thought would best pair with each normal word. Here's an actual sentence from the study's methods section that describes this process. It uses a curse word, but I'll substitute a cleaner syllable in its place. Quote, we examined a potential source of emergent tabooness when combining extant taboo words, e.g. ish, with common nouns, e.g. gibbon, to form novel compounds, e.g. ish gibbon. That's a wild sentence to read in a scientific journal. In this case, what the words sounded like seemed to be the most important. Shorter words with more stop consonants, like pig, were the participants' favorite to pair with existing profanities. Meaning mattered too, though. The researchers said the best words involved body parts, receptacles, and animacy, or things that were alive. So if you find yourself fumbling for a curse word that doesn't yet exist, go ahead and make one. Words you'll want to stay away from include fireplace, restaurant, tennis, newspaper, and physician. They're just not as catchy. But if you really want to go for gold, try sack, trash, pig, rod, or mouth. Have fun! Or if you really like Battlestar Galactica, frack. Oh, frack is so useful. Yeah, for getting past the sensors, am I right? <laughs> you, yes you, can help find a treatment for Alzheimer's disease. And all you have to do is play a computer game. Helping researchers with this is important because nearly 15 million people worldwide live with Alzheimer's. And it's currently the sixth leading cause of death in the U.S., we know a lot about how the disease happens, but there's no treatment or cure. One telltale sign of the disease is reduced blood flow in the brain. But the cause for that wasn't clear until last year. That was when Cornell University researchers studying the disease in mice 
discovered that white blood cells were getting stuck to the inside of capillaries, which are the smallest blood vessels in the brain. These stalls can add up to a 30% drop in blood flow, which is about the same reduction in oxygen that you get when you stand up too quickly. But less oxygen isn't the only thing these blockages cause. They can also lead to a buildup of harmful proteins that can lead to amyloid plaques that collect between neurons and keep them from communicating with each other. Now the team is working to find treatments that would remove those stalls and help the brain function better. But spotting the stalls in the brain imagery is difficult and time-consuming. It could take a trained lab tech 6 to 12 months to analyze just one week's worth of data. And we can't just outsource this task to computers. Most of the stalls are so subtle that an algorithm wouldn't accurately detect them. This research bottleneck could delay the studies needed to develop a treatment by decades. And that is where you come in. The team turned this part of the research into a game. It's called Stall Catchers, and anyone can play it. All you have to do is create an account and then watch moving images of mouse brains to determine whether a given blood vessel is flowing or stalled. The scientists help you catch your first few stalls, and don't worry if you get some wrong, other players double-check the same images. A month after the game's launch, a thousand people had analyzed 96,000 blood vessels. That means they completed the equivalent of three and a half months of research. Their assessments were right 95% of the time, and they even exposed mistakes the scientists had made. Today, more than 14,000 people as young as six are playing the game and helping accelerate Alzheimer's research. Wouldn't it be amazing if being quarantined could lead to a cure? I mean, there's one way to put your boredom to good use. It's time once again for the Curiosity Challenge. Every month, I call up a listener and I put them to the test by asking three questions from stories we ran on Curiosity Daily in the previous month. For this Curiosity Challenge, I talked to Bracia in Mexico City. She's a longtime listener who sent in a lot of fascinating questions for us to answer. Like, remember back in December when we answered a listener question about what happens when nukes explode in outer space? That was Bracia. So without further ado, here's this month's Curiosity Challenge. Play along at home. Number one. Scientists recently discovered a genetic reason why women live longer than men. What is the reason? So A, passing their DNA to their children makes them healthier. B, having two X chromosomes gives them a backup for faulty genes. Or C, they have fewer genes for violence and aggression. B, it would definitely be. Yep, that's right. Yeah, having two X chromosomes uh, helps them. If they inherit a harmful trait on one X chromosome, it's not a big deal because the other X chromosome might have a healthy version of it. Okay, cool. Number two. Researchers have found that smelling this slightly gross item can help people sleep. What is it? So A, organic compost. B, an unwashed shirt. Or C, an old sponge. Wasn't it like your significant other shirt? Absolutely. Yep. B? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. A study that had people sleep with an unwashed shirt that belonged to their romantic partner found they slept more soundly than people who slept with an unworn t-shirt. All right. Two for two. This is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got number three. Last one for all the marvels. According to a recent study, this popular drug helps you focus on difficult tasks by making your brain care more about the task's benefits than the costs. What drug is it? A. Ritalin, B. Cocaine, or C. Lithium? 
Ritalin, I think. Yep, that's right. Oh, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Man, you got all three right. I didn't Perfect. think I would remember so well. <laughs> you, uh, you are clearly a super fan, and I really appreciate it. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Pretty good, right? She nailed it. If you'd like to play next month, or if you have a question you'd like us to answer on the show, shoot us an email at podcast at curiosity.com or leave us a voicemail at 312-596-5208. Before we recap what we learned today, here's a sneak peek at what you'll hear next week on Curiosity Daily. Next week, you'll learn about a surprising tip for decluttering your house, how tarantula venom could be an alternative to opioids, whether you should wad or fold toilet paper, according to science, why allergy medications make us sleepy, and more. You'll also learn about why we give antibiotics to livestock from author and science journalist Mirren McKenna and how to hack your emotions from psychology professor Lisa Feldman Barrett. Okay, so now let's recap what we learned today. Well, if you want to make up your own swear word, try shorter words with more stop consonants like pig. The best words also involve body parts, receptacles, and animacy, which means things that were alive. We have an international audience. I feel like now might be a good time for me to put this out there. When I made my profile on Xbox Live years ago, they wouldn't let me put in the name Cody as my first name because they said that that was a profanity or it was inappropriate. I searched for the word Cody in different languages. I couldn't figure it out. I don't know why Xbox Live thinks Cody is a bad word. But if you're listening and in your country, Cody is a bad word. First of all, I'm sorry I just said it several times. But second of all, please email us or tweet at me or something and let me know what is wrong with the word Cody. I don't understand. It seems like a pretty standard name to me. Oh, Xbox is just trolling you. I used to get really upset about it, but... <laughs> I don't have an Xbox One, so it's not really relevant anymore. Well, we also learned that you can play an online game called Stall Catchers to help scientists speed up Alzheimer's research. I mean, how's that for a weekend activity? Citizen science is awesome. Not a bad way to spend your time. And we also learned that Bracia pays attention when she listens to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was very impressed. She knew every answer right off the bat. Pretty great. Can't wait for next month's Curiosity Challenge. Yeah, can't wait to find out who it is. It could be you. Today's stories were written by Ashley Hamer, Steffi Drucker, and Kelsey Donk, and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Have a great weekend, and join us again Monday to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.